0: Welcome back to Truck Check, everyone. It's a new weekend. Of course, we have a new show for you today. You know, it's interesting. When you think about uh, electric vehicles, you think about how much they cost, and they are expensive. You know, the California Air Resources Board collects money from polluters. Uh, they take that money, and they turn some of it into incentives for fleets to buy electric trucks. That's going to be what we talk about today on the show with Nikki Okuk, who is the uh, uh Deputy Director of CalStart. And uh, we're going to talk with Nikki in just a few minutes um, about this subject. She's got lots to talk about in terms of how small fleets are going to benefit or are benefiting already from some of this money. But first, just a couple of headlines for you. You know, over at Mack Truck, uh, the cone of silence has fallen again. We uh, we don't really know what's going on inside negotiations. We do know that there was sort of an interchange between uh, the latest demands from the United Auto Workers, uh, who represent striking uh, workers at Mack, and the company. We know that last Thursday's uh, new demands did not sit well with the company. We know they took a couple days to catch their breath and resume talks on Monday. Haven't really heard much since. But you know, it's interesting, as long as the United Auto Workers are on strike against the Detroit Three, more and more of this seems to be falling into the place of of Mac. And this is something that company really didn't want to happen. But uh, as we see now that the Detroit Three are uh, at least open to restoring uh, cost of living adjustments, uh, the COLA, so to speak. Uh, that is likely going to be a big issue over at MAC. It's the same thing that the uh, UAW wants there. Um, you know, is it is it taking action on the part of the Detroit 3 to get it? Well, we'll find out. But uh, clearly MAC is going to need to do more to get a second tenant agreement there. And then hopefully uh, the uh, the acquiescence of the union. Um, So far, no impacts over a Volvo truck from this. You know, the MAC uh, contract also uh, covers the engine facility in Hagerstown, Maryland that that makes engines for both Volvo and MAC. So uh, we'll see what happens, but that's still very much in the news. You know, over at Nikola, there's not a lot of good news these days, but they did get some yesterday uh, when the arbitration panel that was listening to the two sides discuss whether Trevor Milton, the convicted founder of the company, should uh, basically pay the cost of a Securities Exchange Commission fine there. Uh, uh, basically, uh, uh, Trevor lost, Nicola won. nicola is getting $165 million uh, from Trevor now to uh, presumably pay that fine one hundred and twenty five million dollar fine plus some interest um, not exactly sure what Nicola's going to do with that money straight up we may find out more uh, during earnings we may not but uh, for right now this is uh, good news for Nicola uh, not great news for Trevor Milton who faces uh, sentencing on his fraud uh, convictions uh, next month in New York um, the idea that Nicola is done is fallacy they are going after Trevor Milton for more money they want to recover some of the tens of millions of dollars that they spent on defending him in his uh, various court fights. So stay tuned there as well. But uh, again, one good day for Nicholas so far. Okay, let's bring in Nikki Ocook. Nikki is a former uh, fleet owner. She'll tell us about that. But she also is the deputy director of the um, uh, CalSTART, which is a nonprofit organization that is uh, dedicated to decarbonizing uh the, the fleet business, basically, her part in this is is administering the funds that Carb provides through what's called HVIP, and I never get the full name right. gonna that Nikki tells what that is, but uh, but basically she has uh, she has her hand on a lot of money that gets distributed to fleet. So Nikki, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share what we have available with your listeners.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to give you that opportunity to to lay that out. First, I'd like to spend uh, a couple, I call them definitions, but a couple of explanations real quick. Give us a real quick read on what CalSTART is and what it does. I i said it, but I don't know if I got it exactly right. And then also uh, sort of the mechanics of how the money that you administer through CalSTART, which is from the HFIT program, um, basically, uh, you know, comes to, comes to be. Can you start there for us?
1: Sure, absolutely. So, CalSTART is a nonprofit organization, uh, now, in fact, international. So, we have offices all over the world working on changing transportation for good. Uh, but the majority of my work is based here in California, where CalSTART is the administrator for the California HVIP program, which is a program funded by CARB, the California Air Resources Board, to provide incentives for zero emission commercial vehicles.
0: Okay, so basically HVIP, which we've gotten so familiar with the uh, with the acronym, we barely say. I know it's hybrid bus, and can you fill in the blanks? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is, it's got a lot of money, really hundreds of millions. I said tens of millions, but it's really hundreds of millions of dollars that is uh, collected. Basically, this comes from pollution fines. Is that right? Uh, people that you know can't meet current standards.
1: Yeah, so California HVIP, as you mentioned, an acronym that included things like hybrid vehicles, which it no longer does. It's been around for about 10 years. Um, It has funded thousands of trucks and buses here in California, but the funds come from our California cap and trade investments. So there's annual auctions and those California cap and trade investments fund lots of climate mitigation measures here in California one of which is the California HVIP program. Again, it's been running for ten plus years here in California, uh, to the tunes of hundreds of millions of dollars every year.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The the uh, OEMs, the truck makers, uh, are always eager to say when they are qualified and when they're included in the catalog uh, for HVIP. Most most recently, uh, I think that was probably Rison just this week said, uh, you know, they're they're the former. Uh, they're part of Daimler Truck, as you know, and and formerly we knew them as, as the, uh, uh, oh gosh, the Japanese uh, company that still makes the truck. But essentially, Rizon now is in the catalog. And everybody it really from kind of that class 2B all the way up to 8 uh, can be included for various amounts. Um, over time, though, this is something that has largely been... Uh, attractive to large fleets, that have grant writers, that have opportunities and, you know, methods and, and processes to get this stuff done. You've kind of turned that on its head in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, you know, as the state of California refocuses its climate investments around equity, we are really taking a close look at how much of the truck and fleet population in California really is comprised of small businesses. So there are additional incentives available for small businesses, while our incentives still remain open for larger businesses. I think you mentioned that in the past, it's definitely been uh, larger fleets, leading nationwide companies who have taken advantage of the uh, California HVIP funding that is available. Um, it is still open and will be available for these fleets, uh, at least for the next coming year of 2024. There is a proposal uh, on the table for in 2025, the possibility that fleets of over 50 or $50 million in revenue would no longer be able to use California HVIP. So. I really highly recommend that if you are a fleet with more than 50 vehicles or more than $50 million in revenue, you really need to take a close look at how you can utilize the California HVIP over the next year or so, uh, because that can certainly help you with uh, getting ready for the new advanced clean fleet regulation that's coming here in California. Uh, As for small fleets, those incentives are available for you as well at actually double the rate. So for example, uh, for larger fleets, the incentive for a Class 8 vehicle would be about $120,000 with additional funding available for drayage and refuse operations, disadvantaged community or pollution burdened uh, domiciled addresses. Now for a small fleet, it's actually double that. So if you have less than 20 vehicles and less than $15 million in revenue, you'd be ele- eligible for $240,000 base voucher towards a Class eight zero emission vehicle. So that's both electric and there are additional funding available for hydrogen fuel cell trucks.
0: Now, it's interesting because I think we're talking probably, what, nine out of 10 fleets are fewer than 20 trucks. You you were a fleet owner at one point, and I don't think you had 20 trucks. But but the, the idea being that, that these folks... Um, You know are a little bit off put by this whole thing you've actually done a couple other things too i think in terms of inviting some of these truck as a service businesses if they play by your rules to essentially work with these small fleets give them the taste but not all the burden of owning a uh, an electric truck is that right
1: yeah you are absolutely right so i i came to this work having owned and operated a small drainage fleet here in southern california Um, And a couple of the things that I certainly took away from that is one, small business owners are very, very busy uh, and it's very challenging for us to do some of the long term planning that's required to think about truck electrification, you know, charging, infrastructure, um, the financing piece, of course. And so after we went out and and surveyed and held focus groups with small fleets across California, We heard uh, quite a bit of feedback. So the first bit of feedback was, of course, that they needed more funding in order to really meet this high upfront vehicle cost. Now, we know that electric trucks over the long term are much more affordable to operate as far as maintenance and fuel. And that's why big companies, once they were able to put the pen to paper and, and do the calculations, realized that zero emission trucks are a great investment but it's still a very high upfront cost that can be hard for small businesses. And that's why we created that double incentive I was talking about for small fleets. Now onto the flexibility piece, small fleets told us they needed more flexibility. They needed more chance to sort of kick the tires and try out an electric truck in their fleet before they could make the huge commitment of moving to 100% zero emission. So for that reason, our small fleet funding, which we call Innovative Small E-Fleet, allows for additional flexibility. So we allow for things like truck rental programs, truck sharing programs, as you mentioned, truck as a service programs. So all of those are now allowed in this small fleet funding um, so that small fleets can really have the opportunity to take advantage of what are some great operational savings and start their transition to zero emission. Even though I should mention, they're not required to do it under upcoming regulation. That regulation is really going to affect the much larger fleets, but I think small fleets can really see some real savings here. Uh, and also, you know, as as these larger fleets start looking for carriers who match their goals and, and match their ambitions, it will be a great business advantage for these smaller businesses to have started their zero emission transition.
0: Yeah, I want to go back to what you said about large fleets and the fact that you're still encouraging large fleets to participate. I can't believe large fleets aren't aware of HBIP at this point, or very many of them anyway. Now maybe they're holding off on buying electric vehicles in you know in total and just hoping it all goes away. But we know that's not going to happen. I and I hope I get this number right, but five percent of class eight fleets, you know, big fleets have to be zero emissions by 2025. And then of course we've got you know NOx regulations coming with the EPA and 2027. We've talked to, a lot to the OEMs about pre-buy and things like that, and whether they will, you know, load up on on current technology vehicles. Which you know, I know Carb doesn't like it, but they're not as bad as they used to be, right? And but the idea being that you know they can be grandfathered in on some of the stuff, and that always seems to happen every time there's a, a, a regulation change around emissions because the cost of the vehicles goes up. Anyway, you know, and so they want to buy today's trucks rather than tomorrow's, which might be—I guess I've heard twenty-five thousand dollars more. But your focus, though, is on electric trucks and getting these in into play. Do you feel you've reached most of the big fleets? Do they know about you uh, uh, in terms of what's available?
1: I sure hope that they do. As you mentioned, you know, uh, hvip has been around for ten years, so. Perhaps there's some disinformation or assumptions happening out there, right? Perhaps large fleets are thinking, oh, HVIP funding is oversubscribed every year. It goes too fast and it's too hard to access. Well, this year we have plenty of funding that is still available. Uh, so we are not closed, we are we are wide open. Um, other disinformation that I've heard is some people think that large fleets are already excluded from HVIP. That is not true. Uh, all fleet sizes are eligible to use HVIP funding. Um, As I mentioned, that change is most likely to come in 2025. So this year, 2024, can be a very important year. I also think that uh, we have heard some disinformation around the fact that some folks have been told by consultants that uh, vehicles that you purchase using HVIP funding um, cannot be counted towards your advanced clean fleet compliance. And that is not true. Uh, That particular rule that was being sort of um, spread about was, Had to do with each program making their own decisions and hbip has decided that uh these vehicles as long as you're buying them before your compliance deadline can be counted towards your acf goals so i think that um you know while you mentioned lots of fleets are probably doing pre-purchase they're probably figuring out what their compliance pathway is going to be and I, i highly recommend that fleets get in touch directly with uh california air resources board carb has a hotline where you can really you know plan out what your compliance a uh, pathway might look like with ACF, uh, they should all know that HVIP is not out of funding. HVIP is open to fleets of all size. Uh, HVIP is um, is helpful in getting you towards your ACF goals. So I think maybe there's just been some misinformation and thank you for the opportunity to come here today so that I can share with with larger fleets that, that they need to use 2024 as an opportunity.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about advanced clean fleet for a moment. Um, my understanding is that at a certain point, uh, whether it's HFIT funding or, or whatever, you know, the trucks really cannot even accept grant money once something's in place, once there's a regulation in place. You can't incentivize someone to follow the law, essentially. Right now, uh, the, the, the rules are not in place. We know they're coming. Um, but the idea that you would uh, move it over to small fleets, of course, is is fine because they're not Governed by a lot of the ACF anyway. Um, but these guys, I say these guys, these folks that have the big fleets are going to have to stand on their own anyway, right? I mean, you know, that now they could presumably still qualify for HFIP money, uh, IRA money, things like that, if in fact they've met their, uh, their, 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 their uh, quota and then, you know, anything they buy in addition. Am I, fo- are you following me? Am I correct on this? Is this all?
1: Accurate? No, your, your logic is absolutely right on. It's, it's very correct. And I think that you know anyone who's listening in who works in sustainability and fleet management and has trucks operating in California should listen closely to what Alan just said, right? The state of California, um, as a rule, does not pay for compliance. So once a rule is in effect and your compliance deadline has passed, it would be very challenging, if not impossible, to use any of these incentives towards your, your compliance. Um, however, when you are you know, ahead of compliance or going above and beyond compliance, those are opportunities to use incentives this way. So as I mentioned again, 2024 is going to be a really important year for large fleets to start their planning and get their purchase orders in and get their voucher incentive requests done. Uh, I should reiterate here that the HVIP program is what's called a voucher incentive program. So it is not a grant application, it is in fact handled directly by your dealer. So, uh, Whoever your dealer is, uh, when you go in and sign that purchase order, they're going to upload it to our system in order to request these voucher funds are set aside for you. So that can be done anytime in 2024, even though the truck may not be delivered or put into service, you know, for 12 to 24 months after that. But, well, 2024 being in in advance of these compliance deadlines is going to be, like I said, very key and important time to be using incentives.
0: There are two more areas, at least, that I want to get into. One is is um, you've been doing a lot of road shows, uh, you know, for around California, particularly. I'm not sure if you've been outside the state yet, uh, you know, to introduce uh, uh, fleets, and I presume it's aimed at small fleets to electric vehicles, showing them what's available. Uh, as you said earlier, kick the tires, get an opportunity to see what's really involved, and maybe break down some of the either resistance or lack of knowledge that fleets might have about electric vehicles. Tell me a little bit about those programs and and who's showing up and what kind of questions are you getting, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so this is something we certainly heard when we were talking to smaller fleets across the state. Um, We know that a lot of large companies and leaders of industry have had opportunities to try out electric and hydrogen vehicles within their fleets under pilot and demonstration projects. But the truth is that wasn't really available to small fleets. It wasn't realistic for them. So these roadshows are an opportunity for them to get in the truck drive it, really feel the power, hear how quiet it is, understand that these trucks are real and available. They are commercially available, so not just on trial, pilot, or demonstration basis. Every vehicle that is in the H5 catalog is a commercially available vehicle that you can purchase from a dealer today. So we really hope that uh, fleets take advantage of this opportunity to check out what's available. We just did uh, one in San Diego, uh, specifically targeted at the the fleets that are transborder down there in the San Diego area. We had hundreds of fleets come out. We had a dozen OEMs or so, all of the big names that you can think of, um, including you know Freightliner, International, the Daimler truck, the Rison truck that you just mentioned, uh, other born electric trucks, you know your BYD, uh, Lion. Um, Phoenix and others, were all there demonstrating their trucks, allowing uh, drivers to get in and take a ride. And then we usually have all of the agencies there as avail- available with information as well. So there are incentives available from the lowest, sort of closest to home, local level, things like uh, starting with your utility. Local utilities have incredible incentive and planning assistance programs that can help fleets with their charging install- installation and infrastructure build out. Uh, The local air districts also have uh, funding available through a variety of different programs. Um, From there, we have our state funding, which are the types of programs that we administer here at CalSTAR, like Energize for Infrastructure, HVIP for Vehicles, uh, Clean Off-Road Equipment for Off-Road Equipment, Forklifts, and Construction and Ag Equipment. So all of us are there on site to really help folks navigate the the different levels and availability of funding and incentive programs and and to help fleets figure out how to combine them. We most recently launched a program called Cal Fleet Advisor, which is housed here uh, at CalStart under HFIP. And the Cal Fleet Advisor program, I I recommend everyone take a look at the website, which is calfleetadvisor.org, is a place where fleets can really get started with a sort of Uh, Virtual Project Manager, right? We'll do an initial fleet assessment, take a look at what sort of routes you're using, what sort of combustion vehicles you're using, uh, help you do some cost analysis on, on what, what this is going to cost you, but also figure out your fuel savings depending on how many miles you're driving. So we have a Cal Fleet Advisor service that we also take on these roadshows. shows. They, they sit out there at tables to to help fleets to understand how to, how to use the incentives and, and get into their first electric vehicle. And then very often CARB is always there Uh, with their regulation and compliance specialists. They also have tables out to meet one-on-one with fleets and help them understand what their compliance obligations are.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if, if your, uh, uh, fleet as a service really is kind of what you're describing in, in terms of, uh, uh, what, what, what you're offering. And I, I, I presume that's a pay for play. Maybe it's not. If it's free, it's a great deal because truthfully, every OEM and just about every startup in the infrastructure space and everywhere along the way is offering consulting services, right? I mean, they're, they'll help you write grants. I think the first time I heard of it was probably two or three years ago at, at the, uh, at, at, at the, act expo uh when navistar mentioned they had a grant writer and i think kenworth has grant writers everybody now has grant writers to help get this done but getting sort of stacking the stacking of incentives state stuff and you know even i guess federal IRA money and things like that it gets a little more complicated again is your service uh, free for the asking or do you charge for that
1: yeah, Cal Fleet Advisor is a complimentary service, you know. And our goal is not to replace those incredible service providers that you mentioned that are offered by OEMs and dealers alike. What we just want to do is help fleets find those services, right? So if a fleet comes in and and says, you know, hey, I'm I'm mostly medium duty box truck and I operate in this region of the state, then we can maybe help them find the the right dealer, uh, put them in touch with their utility program, follow up with them, and making sure that they're getting the responses that they need. So we we want to connect folks with all of the resources that are already out there because we know that it can be overwhelming, especially for small business owners, to try to navigate all of those different resources.
0: Sure. You know, Governor Newsom uh, is uh, claiming credit, and probably you deserve some of it, for California uh, exceeding its goals uh, in terms of uh, clean trucks as well as, I guess, cars, but but the uh, you know he's come out now and said that you're about two years ahead of where you expected to be on adoption of electric vehicles. And I have to believe that even though we hear so much about Class 8 drainage vehicles and those are the big programs and the pilot programs and so forth, um, the sales really are going to medium duty, aren't they? I mean, that's who that's where the simplest math is done. That's where the earliest uh, cost of uh, ownership to, to TOC or total... Total ownership cost really pencils out faster. Is that your understanding? I mean, are the medium duties really making this happen?
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So, there's just been a massive acceleration in model availability for sure. Uh, just in the past few years, you know, we've added hundreds of models to the HVIP catalog. And um, as you mentioned, the vast majority of the medium heavy duty commercial vehicle on road population here in California is going to be uh, step vans. Delivery trucks, smaller straight trucks, right? So it is in the the smaller classes, and those are the ones that, as you said, infrastructure can be a lot simpler, a lot less expensive. Um, the ranges that are available for those vehicles really make it an easy application to electrify. While we do see lots of attention given to, of course, uh, the the class eight drayage operations, and and you know, will there be a long haul option, you know, in the near future? we we do know that, that the low-hanging fruit is certainly in those those ones that have a very straightforward total cost of ownership, really easy fuel savings, and lots of models available now.
0: Sure. Nikki, this has been great. I feel like we could do another 15 minutes just in this subject, so I won't even get into the other stuff I had for you. But thank you so much for being with us today. I'm really glad you could come on and, and, and talk about this. There's a lot of uh, hoops to go through, I think, even though it's meant to be simple. But uh, we really appreciate having you today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I hope everybody takes a look at the CaliforniaHFIP.org website, the CalFleetAdvisor.org website. Uh, We are here to help and happy to share any information that we can about how to utilize these incentive programs.
0: Great, well, we'll catch up with you down the road. Great to talk to you, have a great day. Okay, folks, um, that's it for this week. Uh, You know, next week we're going to be on the road again, actually in Nikki State, out in California. We're going to be uh, going to drive, uh, ride and drive the Mack Trucks MD electric truck uh, up in Sonoma. We'll have a report on that next week for you probably with some video. We try to do that where we can. And I'm not sure what else we'll fill out the show with, but we'll try to make it interesting and informative uh, for you. You can catch all of our episodes on FreightWave's YouTube channel. Click on Shows and then Truck Tech, and you'll get a full playlist that will let you uh, walk through uh, previous episodes. And we hope you'll do that as well. Thanks very much for being here today. Have a great week.